everyone. This is Mark Guy with Speak Brave Podcast with my friend John. Hey, John. Hello. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing fantastic. I'm always just so happy to be here with my friends and with the audience and get started on the path of learning. That's why we're here, because we want to be the best at everything that we do. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. And that's why the podcast is Speak Brave and Live Brave. John, I want to get straight into the... um, content but before i do i want to thank you for coming in here and i also want to thank the audience for reaching out to me and listening thanks for the time that you spent every week and hopefully this adds immense value to your Mm -hmm. life so and to you as well john certainly made a lot of value in my life and it's opened up a lot of great things so speaking from the perspective of an individual the only value the only advantage i've had in the situation is i can sit here and talk to you directly and look at you in the eye but I have a feeling that the listeners out there are getting a clear picture of the face of who you are and the heart of who you are. And I like what's coming out. I enjoy these conversations with you. This is a highlight of the week for me being with fantastic, you. Fantastic, fantastic. I do want to remind you, if people want to see what I look like, uh, my pictures are online. So okay, I wasn't going to suggest <laughs> that. No, <laughs> just, okay, just I'm just joking. saying because it's, yes, we are available and I also... Ask everyone to continue the conversation we have started online. Um, you can reach me on Twitter at Speak Brave or look for Mark Guy and uh, subscribe to the podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever you prefer. Um, and just uh, enjoy, enjoy life and make sure that whatever you do, you live at the highest possible resolution of your own imagination. And the reason I bring this up, John, is because today I like to talk about creativity and imagination. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. For a long time, I really didn't fully understand the scope of creativity and imagination and the fact, too, that imagination is exactly what caused creativity to come into being. And if one were to sit down and do a historical reading, a biography, let's say, of Walt Disney. Yes, Walt Disney is awesome. Walt Disney is probably one of the most amazing examples of it, but there are so many, many more out there. There was this something they imagined Uh they pictured it in their mind they knew that at this particular point it had never been done there were even people out there that they knew of who said that can't be done there's no way for that to happen it would require something that doesn't exist Uh and so the person with the imagination refused to accept that as a reason to not try to create the thing that he or she imagined and what they did is knowing the fact that this creativity wasn't just the thing, but everything that needed to be made to create the thing. Mm-hmm. That is something that really resonates with me today more so than ever before because... Creativity touches lives. And it touches lives. It makes lives better. It. I'm enjoying it. And, yeah. and really in this process that you and I are going through where I'm learning about doing podcasts and how to produce them and make them effective and sound good, and at the same time creating some kind of a messaging that people are going to say, that's something I want to listen to on a consistent basis. Working with you has taught me a lot, and it's piqued my imagination. It's that's... helped me to become more creative in my thinking process. I'm, I'm so great, grateful that you feel that way, because that's what it is. It's, if you want to be creative, you don't need anyone's permission. Not that you need anyone's permission in any case for mm-hmm. anything, but if you want to be creative, just be. Just create. Just go. Find the way that you can be the best. 
And it's a great thing you brought Walt Disney because Walt Disney is a phenomenal success. Yes. Phenomenal success. And I did some research a few months ago about his childhood. Have you, do you know anything about his childhood? Well, I have read his historical book and his background and those years and years that he went through as a child leading up to the years that he was adult and working. And uh, his story has a lot of similarity to that of Thomas Edison. That's right. That's right. Um, Walt Disney... uh, he came up in a family that was not that wealthy, mm-hmm. and he moved uh, to I think Missouri, Missoula, Missouri, mm-hmm. and this is where he saw the main street, the main street that actually exists in some form in the Disney parks now. Yes, in, one in California, one in China, Japan, Paris, and in, and Florida. The main street that was the inspired by his time in Missoula, Missouri. Did you know that? Yeah, it's in the book. It's in the book. That's what it is. And then he moved to Kansas, I believe. He was a delivery boy, and he started doing drawings. Mm -hmm. Did you know that one of his plays when he was in school, he imagined himself to be Abraham Lincoln? Mm -hmm. He created a paper mache hat and was just walking around. And then in the World Fair, later on when he became an adult, there was a... What is it? Automatic or robotic uh, Abraham Lincoln? And I think that was a reflection of his time when he was a child. So that means none of our experiences, none of our exposures, what we expose in our lives goes away. Everything that we are, every, all the books that we read, all the TV shows that we watch, all the conversations that we have, mm-hmm. all the people we meet creates a future. And from that future, you can draw upon and be creative. That's the key. It's to be open to as many possibilities, to as many opportunities and to be as diverse as you possibly can. So let me understand what you're saying, and maybe this is at least what I'm getting out of it. If you want to be creative, if you want to be able to take that risk and produce that something and do something different and something that can change the world around you, you need to permit yourself the opportunity to think about more than just you personally oh, and yes. about your own life. You need to begin to think in terms of how do I fit into this entire expanse of living and into the community that I'm involved in, the workplace that I'm in. What can I do and what can I bring to that? It's a mindset. It's a mindset. And I think you, you open the door and you actually have to open the door to your own mind. Uh, when you have a heart that is open, the mind that is open, you see opportunities and connections that you haven't seen before. If you focus on who you are, well, okay. But if you focus on the world, your whole world opens up. In fact, um, are you familiar with the work of Adam Grant? No, he, I'm not. He, wrote, he is a Wharton University professor. Wharton University, yes. That's right. He has a PhD in organizational psychology, and he is one of... Uh, very prominent thinkers in the field of um, creativity and organizational psychology. One of his latest books, the one he wrote was bestseller, uh, Give and Take, and now the one he came out was Originals. In Originals, he quotes and talks about output of fashion designers, such as Prada, Giorgio Armani, Donna Karan, the high-end fashion designers. Mm -hmm. And he did a study and saw that designers who at some point in their life left their home country and let's say they live in america and they went to japan egypt korea australia they spend the time there 
but they spend their time there working productively, productively in a fashion field. When they came back to their native country after maybe two, three years, their designs were so much more unique, diverse, and compelling as compared to their peers who did not go overseas. So what it is, it shows you the width and the breadth of the experience. If you go outside of your comfort zone, let's say you live in the United States and you go to Canada and you work there, there's not much difference in cultural right. uh, idiosyncrasies. But if you go from United States to Fiji, or That's you, an entirely or you go to Tanzania, or you go to India, just imagine the input you mm -hmm, will have yeah. when you bring back and start with your creative life. So that it is, you push yourself. And John, you know this, when you're working on a project, let's say you're working on a speech or you're right. working on a new piece of content, don't you think that your content will get better if you seek out to get input from people who don't look like you, who don't think like you, and who have not had the same experiences? Absolutely, because that's the feedback that gives you new ideas, new life, and also makes you realize that there's a different way to express yourself and there are sometimes better ways. There's a better way. There's a better way. And I also this is this is one of those little hacks or tricks that everyone can take to their heart. Yeah. Because let's say you're working on a project um, and it's it's a creative project. Let's say it's a piece of art or it's a writing. You're writing a book or a small or a short book or you're producing something. If you take your content, your piece, your work, and you take it to people who are in the same field but they have enough distance from you, from your content, somebody who's not in competition from you, Right. your work will get better if you receive feedback mm -hmm. from those That's people. It. Yeah. But it also, I know this, uh, when somebody gives you feedback and sometimes you take it in a way that is, you think they're attacking you or they stabbing your baby or they killing feels. your baby. I, know how I think we have to separate ourselves from that because if you, if you take the feedback in a defensive way, I think it's it's only going to be destructive to you. Uh -huh. And I, think I agree. It's, it, you just have to separate yourself from the feedback. And not everyone can give you the right feedback. But you have to be able to accept it so that you can analyze it with an objective and open mind. That's right. Seek feedback. Seek feedback from people who are, don't look like anything like and you. And this is part of the creativity think, process. That's a part of creativity okay. process. So, John, I have a question for you. All right. I'm ready to try to answer. Do you think of yourself as a creative man, a creative person in this, in this world? Yes, I do. Okay, tell me, why are you creative? What makes you think that? And how do you arrive at this uh, decision? Okay, let me be sure to remind me of the questions because my memory sometimes is not as organized as yours is. Why do I think I'm creative? Yes. Because I'm finding myself doing things that I thought I could not do or never imagined myself okay, doing. Okay, like what? For example... I produce a podcast, as you know, and yes, you helped you me with that podcast. It's awesome. And the truth be known, I really didn't see myself as doing a podcast because I lacked that creative mindset that says there's a way to make that happen. You just have to study and understand how it's done and then begin to seek out a means whereby you can do it. And I found out that there's a lot of little components, but when they're all brought together, they allow you then to channel the ideas and the imagination that you wanted to express through this creative process. So creativity then becomes a constructive development process 
in the creation of something that is tangible. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. So having and doing podcasts as well as giving speeches publicly has helped me to reach a point in my life where I now see myself as a creative individual. And not only creative, but in finding what I like to talk about, mm -hmm. I'm discovering that there are more ways to talk about it. That's right. You, you, once you get over this psychological barrier in your mind that, okay, I don't know how to approach this. This is a new domain for me. Mm -hmm. And do you feel that you are stepping out of your comfort zone yes. by doing the podcast and doing um, other means of communication, your message? Especially Isn't initially. That, okay. But now, not so much. Okay. Now, suddenly, it has a very natural feel to it. Okay. It's something that's, it's like the first time you ever ate something that was just wonderful. But upon examination of it, you weren't sure if you wanted to eat it. You weren't even sure you would like it. <laughs> and so when you first tried it, you nibbled at that's right. it. You nibbled at it. Okay. But then... You get a taste. Yes, and that taste... Yes. planted mm -hmm. something inside your mind that said, okay, here comes the dopamine attack. That's right. That's and right. all of a sudden I'm saying to myself, I could do this and I could, I could get to where I really would do this a lot. That's right. And so in the creative process and podcasting and speaking, getting that taste of it. So the way I understand this is, okay, you started at some point in life. Um, well, let's say recently, let's be specific. Yeah, started, I was a late bloomer. Okay, got it. And then you thought, okay, this is a new project. I want to be a broadcaster. I want to be in podcasting. I want to be a speaker. I want to be the one who talks about my message, right? Mm -hmm. And then you went out of your comfort zone. You went out of your comfort zone, and then slowly you feel your way around in this uh, new domain. But I think the key here is taking action. Because a lot of people that I have found, um, everyone has ideas. I mean, some ideas they don't talk about, some ideas they just come like a flash in the middle of the night or in the middle of uh, sitting on a couch or walking. But a lot of people don't actually take action. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to be creative, if you want to be an original, if you want to be the one who makes a difference, it's a big, the, the biggest distance is not in miles. The biggest distance is between your mouth and your feet. I can agree. That, uh -huh. Well said. That is the key. That is the key. It's not what you say. It's what you say and what you do. Mm -hmm. it's, putting, it's putting action to the thoughts that you have created, the ideas that you've come up with. Right. And I can speak from personal experience that throughout the earlier part of my life, there were things that I had a creative involvement in, and I did mm -hmm. take action. But there were other things that I had a creative idea about, and I might have even initially tried to take action, but then I found myself confronted with roadblocks. These roadblocks were, I'm not doing this right, it's not working, I, and then comes in that ugly word, failure. And failure. And failure yeah. then from there it becomes defeated, and what you do is that you walk away from the creative but, idea, but, having not made it work and thinking it can't work that's a problem but that's not how you feel now no you had to arrive but I had I had to grow up yeah. and mature yeah and I had to also I think what's important for me Mark and I've said this before when I accepted the fact that there were things that were my strengths 
but they were my strengths for two reasons. They were my strengths, number one, because this was the natural talent that I had been gifted with. I truly believe that people are gifted with talents. But just as the parable of the talents in the Bible talks about those who put to work the talents through the process of investing and reinvesting and creating greater results from the talent, one can also take the talent and fearfully bury it and not use it. And so when That's I came fear. to the relationship that I no longer feared That's putting fear. my talents out there and putting them to work. That's when I was introduced to the reality of action and the feedback. rewards right. of action, which include the feedback not to be harsh, yes, but rather the feedback to help me be successful. That's right. And this is, you touched on a important point. Fear will always be present. John, I, I mentioned this before. One of my favorite American authors is Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes, I've heard you talk about her before. I talked about her before. I am enamored. Enamored? Am I saying this word right? I, I like you the word enamored. Enamored, is that right? I think it's a good is choice I, of words. Okay, enamored and... Um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Elizabeth mm -hmm. Gilbert. I'm sure as many of the listeners are, you know, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, Committed. And her, one of her latest projects is Big Magic. Mm. She, I like that title. It's a great <laughs> cover. It's a great read. And I recommend it to everyone. In the book, and I think in the first third of the book, Elizabeth Gilbert addresses fear. She says, fear was woven in a wound in the womb when you were born with you into your vital organs. Fear will always be present. What she, the way she sees the world is fear and creativity always go together. But she says, when you go on a road trip, let's imagine you go on a road trip. Mm -hmm. She invites creativity, herself, and fear. But before fear ever gets in the car, she says, fear, you may sit in the back. You may listen to a conversation. You will not change the radio. You will not change the volume. You will not tell us where we're going. But I do respect that you are there. But we're still going to go. We're still going to see the world. And we're going to make it happen. That is her outtake on fear. Isn't that amazing? That reminds me of that phrase that I was told years ago as a Toastmaster <laughs> when I was talking about fear of public speaking. Yes. And they said to me, you never really overcome your fear of public speaking. It's always there. We call it butterflies. All you're doing is you're simply teaching the butterflies to fly in formation. Exactly. And I think muscle memory will take you there. But this is an interesting take on fear. And I love Elizabeth Gilbert. I like that take too. In her, because she's very skillful. And she wrote and she writes and she's very active. I think she also has a podcast, which actually comes as a companion to her book, Big Magic. I recommend it as well. It's, it's, it's a good educational point people remember big magic elizabeth gilbert and <laughs> google her if nothing else find out how to connect find out She's how amazing. to read and learn about her and if there's a chance that you can listen to her on a podcast and even subscribe to it i agree with mark the more that you can come in contact with that is going to feed your creativity and help you understand unleash and have your the right thank you unleash, unleash your creativity yeah, correct right. choice and not overcome your fear 
accept it. Accept See where it. it is and do in spite of it. You mm-hmm. you are afraid. The fear's there, but the fear is there. I continue. You recognize it's there, mm-hmm. but you keep going because you say, we're going to take a road trip, but you will not tell me where I'm going. Mm-hmm. The headline of the book Big Magic by Elizabeth is Creative Living Beyond Fear, which is cool. But I want to go back to this creativity uh, journey that we mm-hmm. have started. Because yes. This is going to be part of several podcast sessions. And I want to just get started on this one. Just get the appetite ready. Well, I certainly think we have really nailed down creativity well, and I think put we it just in started. its proper perspective. And yet, <laughs> there's so much more to touch there's on. So, so, so okay. take us to the next step now. We, okay. I, I think our listeners have a good idea of understanding creativity in somewhat of a proper perspective uh-huh. and understand that this isn't Mark's creativity alone, but this is you finding your creative spot. That's right. You find your voice mm-hmm. because sometimes I believe if you listen to someone talk or you read a book or you see some some new piece of information comes into your mind, I think it can shift your entire way of thinking. It may not be immediate, but over time, mm-hmm. it's going to grow into the new perspective. Yes. And I believe the world needs your contribution. They need your entire best self. And that includes creativity. There's a lot of things that come into our life that are big challenges. Yes. There are challenges at work. There's challenges with projects. There's challenges in marriages. There's challenges in relationships. There's challenges in the way we relate to each other and how we try to achieve things. And I believe there's problems that don't have easy solutions and easy answers what do you do then because your knowledge is limited and my knowledge is limited and sometimes we combine together and it's still not enough if you can create and cultivate the skill the skill of creativity number one you become more confident in trying to find solutions when there's no answer I have encountered quite a few in those in my life. But still, I think, you know what? Because of my creativity skill and the muscles that I have been working on, I can find a solution. So take heart in thinking, if you don't think you're creative, just let me show you that you can be more creative. Mm-hmm. Every solution has a problem. It's your choice. When you create a toolbox, a toolbox or at your disposal of creative thinking of the ways to think creatively, your life will improve. And that's what I want to address. Okay. And I, John, I never thought of myself as a creative man before. Never. I can agree with that. Well, I can relate to that because I don't think of myself, or at least there was a time when I didn't see myself as creative. But now I do. But I think that people need to realize, I think all people can be creative. All creative. They just need to find the place where they... It's hard to express it. Mark, you can help us with this. I, of course. Um, what I want to... Let's say, okay, if you compare yourself to um, imminent creators such as Albert Einstein, right? Creative man. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs, Mozart, Edison, Shakespeare, um, Picasso. Are those creative people? All creative. Amazing. All creative. Yeah. All creative. Now, in the literature that I have studied, there's a difference between big C creative and small C. Being an eminent domain creator, somebody who, is a, who has output of a genius or someone who creates on a constant basis. However, there is something we can learn to be creative from those great people, from those great makers and creators. For example, Mozart. Do you are familiar with Mozart? Very much so, okay. yes. Do you know that he started composing music when he was just... Yes, if you read his biography, he absolutely did start composing 
as a small child. That's right. Uh, Mozart have died mysteriously at age 35. That's right. Very in, young. That's right. In his time on earth and as a creator, as a music composer, he was able to produce over 600 compositions. Now, his father, Leopold Mozart, wrote a book in how to train young children in music. So Mozart was his learning laboratory. His father was able to guide him along. Of course, Mozart has the ability, but it was father who created the environment. Did you know that one of the greatest works that was first recognized by Mozart was number 271? Out of 600? Yeah, the 271st so, thing that he actually that's composed. Right. That's right. So all those other works before that did not strike the critics or other peers as significant. What does it tell you? It tells you that obviously two things. One, when you're creative and you first start out in the process, you may not be successful in what it is that you've imagined to do. But it also tells me that Mozart, and probably with the help of his father, refused to quit. That's he right. kept he, on working and redoing and redoing. So if it's 271st composition of seven, uh, out of 600 by the, when he was age 21. So from age 4 to 21, he was composing, but nothing really, nothing, nothing, nothing stick. significant. Nothing, nothing significant. Stuck, yeah. So when about 40% of his output, that's when major milestones started to happen. Mm-hmm. And then he passed away at age 35. Now, Thomas Edison. He has 1,093 patents. Uh, all of them are significant? No. No. Just a handful. Just a handful. Okay. That's right. Uh, Bach, Beethoven, they produce 600 pieces. Are mm-hmm. they all of them significant? No. No. He's remembered for certain ones. Picasso, over 12,000 works. But he's only remembered for a handful, and those are the ones that hang in the major museums. That's right. Ira Glass, who's a producer of... National Public Radio, This American Life, mm-hmm. and podcast serial says one of the only ways to remain relevant and to create things of work that really matter is to do a lot of work. So you can be creative, but the trick is, I think one of the things you have to have in your mind is you have to produce as much output as you can. Yes, you will fail. Yes, the fear will grip you. But you have to produce as much as you can, and you have to keep going. I also want to touch upon, a few years ago, Jeff Colvin came up with a book. I think it was called Talent is Overrated. In his book, he talked about the concept called deliberate practice. Are you familiar with that? Yes, I have, as a matter okay. of fact. And I think it touches upon what you have learned from Malcolm Gladwell, right? About exactly. The, the book Outliers, where... It's not about the talent, it's about the consistency and the continuing to go forward and the refusal to give up. That's right. And in Malcolm Gladwell, in his concept that he pop, um, brought to the popular consciousness domain, is that you have to have at least 10,000 hours of practice and work in your domain. He does say that, yes. But it's only the beginning. Exactly. If you want to create and remake the domain, or at least contribute in some significant way, 10,000 hours is just the entry point. It's just the admission price. Because if you want to be significant, you have to produce so much work that is overwhelming. Some of it is going to be bad. For example, Shakespeare. You know Shakespeare? Oh, do I (laughs) In the same period that he produced uh, Othello, King Lear, and Macbeth, he also produced some other works such as all 
ends that all well that ends well, well that ends well that did not have polished prose and was underdeveloped in characters what does it tell you it tells you that if you want to be significant and creative produce as much as you can in a domain that you're strong at and just keep going learn from your mistakes and seek feedback but feedback from your peers not necessarily from your audience but people who are in the same domain because number one they do the same work you do your audience are the consumers your peers are the ones who can help you and guide you along the way in the late 20th century John Denver the musician the artist an extraordinarily popular singer with the American public and would be noted in his life as an accomplished successful very great singer with his particular style and unique niche in his singing I remember that because when I was working in radio I think I told you the story yes, that yes, I was yes. that I was working at a radio station there was a place that we could get demos and bring the demos down and put them on and every week when I would go over there to pick up what had come in that they had for me in that box that I could take back to the radio station to listen to and to check and see if it would fit into the format always John Denver had one two three sometimes four or five singles that he had put out and I saw the name John Denver repeatedly, week after week after week, and this guy was not being played on any station. And I'd listen to him and I'd say, well, you know, he's, he's a good singer and it's an interesting song. And I, I could see that he was also writing a lot of his own lyrics as well as doing the arrangements. And then there was that moment that he had that breakthrough. And that breakthrough, a lot of us may remember the song Rocky Mountain High, West Virginia, all that sort of thing. It's It's... These are the things that show you that he was committed to continue to do it, and he kept going back and going back and going back. So he sounds like the guy who paid the 10,000-word uh, price or the 10,000-rule 10, 10, 10, yeah, price. Well, that's, that's the strategy. That, and this man has touched your life. He, you've seen him work. You've seen him produce. Mm -hmm. And this is your evidence that this works. Isn't that right? That is a piece of evidence that clearly shows it works. Wow. We're coming to the end of this podcast. I can't believe it's just going so Time fast always passes when you're having a great time, and yet we haven't only scratched the surface. Are right. we going to get together and talk about this again? That's right. We're going to have several podcasts actually planned about creativity. How can we nurture it? What is the consistent way that we can implant and create creative life? I All also right. talk about how starting your own business can jumpstart your creativity. I'm also going to talk about different uh, techniques that you can do with with a conversation buddy or in your home with your friends to start thinking creatively. And, like I'll, and I'll see you next time. Oh, I'm going to look forward to that. That's right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this was Speak Brave. And this is my friend John. This is Mark. See you next time.